Hey, good day. How you going out there? This is Dapper Dividends number 27. I am your host, Russ. I'm coming here from the Chicagoland area. It is July the 10th, 2020. I am not Australian. I'm having a bit of fun with you. I was to Australia in 1998 on a port visit with the US Navy. And I noticed that people kind of talk like this. They had a bit of an uptick at the end of their sentences. So if I'm doing a bit of an Aussie Australian impersonation, I just put a little bit of an inflection at the end of all my sentences. And I'll just do this talk. Maybe I'll do the whole episode like an Australian. <laughs> oh my God. That got away from me. Anyways, this is the Dividends number 27. What is up, everybody? What's going on? Thank you for joining me. I got to get to bed soon because I am leaving for Myrtle Beach, Myrtle, Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Tomorrow morning, we are leaving at 4.30 a.m. We're leaving the house at 4.30 a.m. So we're about, the kids are already in bed. I got a little bit of packing left to do. And it is 9.21 p.m. local time. I am getting up at 4 a.m. So you can do the math. Anyway, so we'll see if I can make this one quick. Under 10 minutes, set the timer and go. Thank you so much to everybody that's listening, everybody that's sharing. This is really cool. I have 759 plays so far. It is growing. This is really cool. My audience is now at an estimated size of 29. And I have been paid by Anchor, my one and only sponsor ever, $7.48. Although I have not collected, I have not cashed out $7.48. I've been heard in 18 countries. I am still stuck on 18 countries. That's cool. That's fine. That's all good. I'm having fun. And let's get talking some dividends here. So yeah, before we do, I did go to Australia when I was in the U.S. Navy in 1998 when I was a 20-year-old young man. We went to Perth, which is in Western Australia, after our 115-some-day, I think, stint in the Persian Gulf, which sucked. It was boring and hot. And then we got to go to Perth, Western Australia, which was amazing. I would love to go back. To this day, people ask me what was Australia and Tasmania like as we went to Hobart also. Now, I was on the USS John C. Stennis, CVN-74. Google it, look it up. It is a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, so we were not allowed into Sydney Harbor as they had a strict no-nuke policy. So we did not get to see Sydney. We did get to see Perth, Western Australia, and Hobart, Tasmania. And we were there in July, and it was cold. (laughs) It was balls cold. It was snowing the whole time we were there. And it was just the weirdest thing being there in late July and seeing snow. So uh, look at this. I'm already getting off on a sea story here. I have so many sea stories. And anyway, I really enjoyed the people there. People were cool, engaged. People seemed to know much about their politics and how their government and civics work. And I really like the way they talk. So, yeah, I had a little bit of fun there. Anyways, so let's get right into it. In my taxable account, what did I get? First off, I got a Altria dividend, which I love Altria. 
The only gripe I have about Charles Schwab, and I'm sure anybody that's on Schwab knows this, and I hope everybody knows this because it would be crazy if I was the only one, Schwab pays you the dividend at the end of the day. So you don't get it until the end of the trading day after the market is closed. Kind of stinks. I don't know why they do it like that. I should look into it. Actually, I'm jotting down a note and I'm going to find out why that is. But as I was used to be on Robin Hood many moons ago, that one nice thing was in the morning I would wake up and boom, my divvies would be in there. They would be laying there, getting ready to be reinvested. Not the case with Schwab, not a huge deal. So, I mean, I just just have to wait until the uh, till the next trading day to use those divvies. So, you know, not, not that bad of a thing. Gives you a little bit more time of planning and preparation where you want to put those if you do not reinvest them. So I got an Altria dividend, which I love getting my dividends. I sold 29 shares of NEO. Now, NEO is not one of my dividend stocks, obviously. So I sold 29 shares of NEO. Uh, out of my 50. So the way it goes, I had 150 shares of NEO averaged at 691. Now, NEO, if you don't know, has been flying up. I think there's an EV bubble. Other people have told me otherwise on Twitter, but I disagree. I think it's a bubble. I've seen this before with blockchain, I've seen it with the cannabis sector where anything that was cannabis related, what was it? The, the tea company, there was a tea company that just put. Uh, either oh it was blockchain that's right uh, I don't remember the tea there was a I think it was Long Island iced tea they started calling themselves Long Island iced tea and blockchain or something and their stock jumped like 30% the next day that's how you know you're in a bubble when stupid stuff like this happens so I've been seeing anything and everything that is related to the EV sector has just been blowing up tells me it's in a bubble it's all been being driven up by Tesla, which by the way, $1,541 a share. Okay, loco. How crazy is that? I I kicked myself because okay, I was going to tell this story later, but I'll just tell it now. So maybe about, well, whenever it was down a year ago, maybe it, I had uh, three, two shares at $210 and I sold them at $220 for a cool profit of $20 total, $10 a share profit. And I was listening to two separate traders, uh, investors that have a lot of years doing this for a full-time living and sharing their knowledge. They're pretty well known, but again, I'm not going to name any names. And they both were bearish against Tesla saying, get out. It's going toward bankruptcy. Uh, Elon Musk is a carnival barker. He's the next uh, Barnum and Bailey. Uh, this, they said, you know, they felt bad for a lot of the retail investors and a lot of the Robin Hooders that they were going to get left holding the bag, that they were buying this thing and their evaluation of it was well under $100 a share. So, you know, I listened to them and I was like, I got to get out of this. And I got my wife, on the other hand, she said, why don't you just hold on to them? You want a Tesla someday? And I said, yeah, I know. But if they go bankrupt and I'm a shareholder, chances are I'm going to get nothing. So, yes, while I love the technology and I love the car, I was under the impression that they were going to go bankrupt eventually or they had a high likelihood of it and they would just be bought up. 
the technology would be bought up by someone else and yeah they would restructure new shares would be issued the old shareholders would be screwed they would go penniless and i didn't want to have that happen but um oh well what are you going to do so i had two shares at uh 210 bucks and it's 1541 a share now so yippee so where was i oh with neo yeah so um i had out of the so i have a covered call i sold on a hundred of those shares so to sell a covered call you need a hundred shares um it's a multiplier of a hundred so i sold that for 70 cents a share or 70 dollars so those hundred shares are basically spoken for i'll let you know in a minute what happens that contract expired today and as you can tell uh, it was way out of the money because it was a $7 contract I sold. But when I did sell it, Neil was under $5 a share. So this was before, before the big run-up. So what I did, because I bought this stock in September of 18, a day or two after the IPO, I held it all the way up past 10, and then it plummeted all the way down to a buck 19. I was down 83% at one point. And I just kept holding and I said, you know what, I'm going to go broke with this. I'm so far down. It's again, why I'm a bad trader. If you've listened, and you, you know. So I didn't sell Neo. I held and it's been going up and up. And at one point I said, if I can just get back 10%, if I can get to a 10% loss, I will be thrilled. I will be falling over, falling down, happy to get that 10% loss. So so long story short, uh, I sold enough shares at 12.10. I sold 29 shares because that allowed me to keep 21 for free. So the profit I got on 29 shares covered uh, the 21 shares that I kept out of that. So I'm keeping 21 shares at a minimum. Those are free, those are zero risk. No matter what happens, I have no money put into those. It is all free gain from there. And then of course it went up to over 15 bucks today. And then I rolled my covered call up and out because it was indeed expiring today. So how that goes is I sold a contract that expired today for $70 and it was a $7 contract. That was the strike price was $7. So that means my upside, even though I sold it below five, my upside was capped at seven. I was just in my mind happy enough making any kind of a gain out of neo and what i didn't expect is that it was going to go to 15 dollars and more than double the contract so somebody bought this covered call for or not for me i sold a covered call somebody bought a call on their end for 70 dollars and at one point this week it was worth 900 dollars imagine if you bought three four five of those and uh anyway so i ended up rolling it up and out i sold it and i think it was ended up being around 740 or so uh so when you roll it up and out you're buying the contract back before it expires and then you're selling another contract in the future for more money so i bought back and closed out my 710 seven dollar and then i sold a november 20th 13 dollar so the difference between those two contracts was $186. That's what it cost me out of my pocket right now. But if those shares are called away in November, or if I close the contract sooner, so if 
uh, Neo's share price plummets, then I can buy that contract back for cheaper and uh, sell another one. So anyway, uh, if the shares get called back, instead of if the shares get called away, or if they get assigned, as we say, uh, on November 20th, instead of getting $7 a share today, I'll be getting $13 a share in uh, November. So you can see why I did that. It's going to take a little time, but that's what I did. Uh, God bless it. I'm over 12 minutes. All right, we're going to move this along quick. So really quick, I get my, I love going to marketbeat.com to do my research and get numbers. I'm not going to go into it. I will in a future episode, but go to marketbeat.com. Look at their dividend tab. You can see the payout ratio. I love looking at the payout ratio of free cash flow. That's the number. That's what I love to look at. That's a number that gives me the warm and fuzzy. As long as that's under 60% of free cash flow, I have no idea. No, no idea. I have no doubt that the dividend is safe. So I'm not going to get into any of these. I'm going to keep this under 20 minutes. I promise because I got s'more packing. I got to get s'more. I don't eat s'mores. Do you guys eat s'mores? Mm. Anyway, speaking of the gidunk, which is another Navy term, gidunk is junk food. And one of the best purveyors and distributors and manufacturers of junk food, Pepsi, I bought Pepsi at $132.55 and then another tranche at $132.99. I bought Duke Energy. I bought two tranches of that at $80.22 and $81.13. I love Duke Energy as I gave my boy a shout out in the last podcast. Go to YouTube and check out Ian Lopik. He has a beautiful channel called PPC Ian. I highly recommend PVC Ian. He covered Duke, and this was in relation to the Dominion debacle that uh, happened earlier in the week with Dominion cutting their dividend and selling off pieces at bargain basement prices, the Berkshire Hathaway. So check that out. He does a great job covering Duke and Dominion. I bought some Starbucks at $73.49. I bought more Eaton, ticker symbol ETN. At $85.90. I love Eaton. They are headquartered in Dublin, Ireland. What is up to one of my listeners? And I listen to their podcast, so it's definitely symbiotic and cyclical, and it's good all around. Uh, Engineer My Freedom, you can find him. Engineer My Freedom. It is Engineer My Freedom. EMF. I just know that. Oh, you're unbelievable. Engineer My Freedom. Anybody from the 90s gets that EMF reference. Uh, I'm trying to speed here. So Eaton Corporation, they make uh, electronics, hydraulics, all kinds of good fun stuff. Uh, $85.90. And then I bought some realty income, ticker symbol O, at $56.90. I don't share what my levels are yet in my taxable. Uh, Someday I will, maybe, but... I like to include that in because it is dividend centric and it is dividend uh, talk Uh, in the self-directed IRA, uh, which I moved $30,000 from a traditional American funds IRA over to Schwab. Um, In that one, I bought two shares of Starbucks at $74.23. I bought three shares. This is recapping the whole week, by the way. So this isn't all today. This is Monday through uh, close today. I bought 
ExxonMobil, three shares at $43.90. Exxon was flirting with that $40 level. I had made a prediction. I don't think we were going to see the 30s. I had bought a tranche. I did an episode. Uh, I did a show where I bought at $39.99 just as a principle to get one last little lick of the 30s. So it got close. It got close, but then it bounced up a bit. So I bought ExxonMobil, ticker symbol XOM, uh, 3 at 43.90. I bought Johnson & Johnson and bumped me up to 10 shares from 7. I bought 3 at $143.29. And then I bought more General Dynamics. I'm loving General Dynamics. I did uh, mention them on Twitter and a bunch on my last podcast. Uh, threw some numbers out there. But did you know that uh, Gulfstream is a subsidiary of General Dynamics? So General Dynamics, they have a lot of revenue coming in from government contracts and government projects, which could be in jeopardy if Mr. Trump is not reelected. That's the way that the the consensus goes, is that when Democrats get in, that they cut defense spending. So um you know they figure it's bearish if a democrat if a democrat gets in for a lot of these defense contractors but general dynamics is globally diversified so they can definitely weather uh, a democrat president uh, in congress for some time uh, and then i bought three shares of 3m that confused me three three m's at $152.46. I love 3M, one of my favorite stocks. I don't think with any seasoned dividend investor that needs much uh, explanation there. Um, and then I also, quick on the another little bit of a, something dividend investors we like to do is sell covered calls. So I sold an Altria covered call that expires next Friday and it's a $45 strike. Now I had sold that for $40 and it's probably not going to reach that. So today the contract was worth $2. I could have bought it and closed it out and just made $38 off of it, but I'm greedy and I kind of want that other $2. I don't know why. <laughs> I should just close it out, sell another one, keep it going. But I might close it out next week. We will see what happens with that. So that's something to look into if you're new to this. Google covered call writing. Um, it's something to help you generate a little extra income. So you can get paid three ways on a dividend stock. Well, not get paid, but um, you can have capital appreciation where the share price goes up in value. You get your dividends every quarter or uh, every month if you're in something like realty income. And then you also, if you have 100 shares of a stock, you can sell a covered call. <clears throat> and when you sell a covered call, Whatever your strike premium is, whatever that premium is, you get that money right away. So when I sold that uh, covered call that expires next Friday for $40, I got that $40 in my account immediately, right away. Do what you want with it. That will never go away. That is yours to keep. So that is like an extra little dividend on top of my dividends. So uh, it's just a way to generate some more income. And uh, yeah, and if, if you're also new to this, uh, I would suggest starting with the Dividend Aristocrats. Those are the companies, Google Dividend Aristocrats, those are the companies that have raised their dividends perpetually for 25 years. And hopefully they're not going to slow down anytime soon. 
and it's just safe they're very safe it's something you can be very confident in we see that if they've raised their dividend for 25 years they've gone through a bunch of economic turmoil and chaos and presidents and just any other kind of calamity you can think of and not only did they survive and weather that storm but they increased their dividend on top of it so dividend aristocrats are a good place to start if you want to get into individual stocks and not uh, put your money into ETFs okay so I'm gonna take a quick break but follow me first at rustyram78 on Twitter I have a YouTube channel called Stashing Worthy Acorns. It's a little experiment I'm doing where I take $50 and I opened up a Stash Worthy Bonds and Acorns apps. So I opened up those three apps. I put $50 into each of them as a base. And then I'm adding $5 a week or $20 a month. And I'm doing that for two years and just doing a review, kind of my own little <clears throat> beginner uh, beginner investing uh, experiment to see which one what I like don't like and we'll see what happens so I'm doing that every week that is stashing worthy acorns on YouTube and also my wife and I have a dividend uh, dapper dividends website dapperdividends.com something we put together we've been working on and it's still in its infancy we debated on uh, getting it out there but um, we're getting content on it and check that out as well. So dapperdividends.com. I have my portfolio tracker spreadsheet, which my self-directed IRA, I'm tracking everything on there. And you can actually copy that and use that for yourself. I have a YouTube video uh, that I linked to on my website um, that you can watch that I kind of did a quick little demonstration of. And we're over 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take a quick break and I'll be back with the song of the show. Hey, good day. How you going out there? This is Dapper Dividends number 27. I am your host, Russ. I'm coming to you from the Chicagoland area. It is July the 10th, 2020. I am not Australian. I'm having a bit of fun with you. I was to Australia in 1998 on a port visit with the US Navy. And I noticed that people kind of talk like this. They had a bit of an uptick at the end of their sentences. So if I'm doing a bit of an Aussie Australian impersonation, I just put a little bit of an inflection at the end of all my sentences. And I'll just do this talk. Maybe I'll do the whole episode like an Australian. <laughs> oh my God. That got away from me. Anyways, this is the Upper Dividends number 27. What is up, everybody? What's going on? Thank you for joining me. I got to get to bed soon because I am leaving for Myrtle Beach, Myrtle, Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Tomorrow morning, we are leaving at 4.30 a.m. We're leaving the house at 4.30 a.m. So we're about, the kids are already in bed. I got a little bit of packing left to do. And it is 9.21 p.m. local time. I am getting up at 4 a.m. So you can do the math. Anyway, so we'll see if I can make this one quick. Under 10 minutes, set the timer and go. Thank you so much to everybody that's listening, everybody that's sharing. This is really cool. 
I have 759 plays so far. It is growing. This is really cool. My audience is now at an estimated size of 29, and I have been paid by Anchor, my one and only sponsor ever, $7.48. Although I have not collected, I have not cashed out $7.48. I've been heard in 18 countries. I am still stuck on 18 countries. That's cool. That's fine. That's all good. I'm having fun. And let's get talking some dividends here. So yeah, before we do, I did go to Australia when I was in the U.S. Navy in 1998 when I was a 20-year-old young man. We went to Perth, which is in Western Australia, after our 115-some day, I think, stint in the Persian Gulf, which sucked. It was boring and hot. And then we got to go to Perth, Western Australia, which was amazing. I would love to go back to this day. People ask me what was Australia and Tasmania like as we went to Hobart also. Now, I was on the USS John C. Stennis, CVN-74. Google it, look it up. It is a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, so we were not allowed into Sydney Harbor as they had a strict no-nuke policy. So we did not get to see Sydney. We did get to see Perth, Western Australia, and Hobart, Tasmania. And we were there in July, and it was cold. (laughs) It was balls cold. It was snowing the whole time we were there. And it's just the weirdest thing being there in late July and seeing snow. So uh, look at this. I'm already getting off on a sea story here. I have so many sea stories. And anyway, I really enjoyed the people there. People were cool, engaged. People seemed to know much about their politics and how their government and civics work. And I really liked the way they talk. So yeah, I had a little bit of fun there. Anyways, so let's get right into it. In my taxable account, what did I get? First off, I got a Altria dividend, which I love Altria. The only gripe I have about Charles Schwab, and I'm sure anybody that's on Schwab knows this, and I hope everybody knows this because it would be crazy if I was the only one. Schwab pays you the dividend at the end of the day, so you don't get it until the end of the trading day after the market is closed kind of stinks i don't know why they do it like that i should look into it actually i'm jotting down a note and i'm going to find out why that is but as i was used to be on robin hood many moons ago that one nice thing was in the morning i would wake up and boom my divvies would be in there they would be laying there getting ready to be reinvested not the case with schwab not a huge deal so i mean i just just have to wait until the uh till the next trading day to use those divvies so you know not not that bad of a thing gives you a little bit more time of planning and preparation where you want to put those if you do not reinvest them so i got an altria dividend which i love getting my dividends i sold 29 shares of neo now neo is not one of my dividend stocks obviously so i sold 29 shares of neo uh, out of my 50. So the way it goes, I had 150 shares of NEO averaged at 691. Now, NEO, if you don't know, has been flying up. I think there's an EV bubble. Other people have told me otherwise on Twitter, but I disagree. I think it's a bubble. I've seen this before with blockchain, I've seen it with the cannabis sector where anything that was cannabis related, what was it? The, the tea company, there was a tea company that just put. Uh, either oh it was blockchain that's right 
uh, I don't remember the tea. There was a, I think it was Long Island Ice Tea. They started calling themselves Long Island Ice Tea and Blockchain or something, and their stock jumped like 30% the next day. That's how you know you're in a bubble when stupid stuff like this happens. So I've been seeing anything and everything that is related to the EV sector has just been blowing up. Tells me it's in a bubble. It's all been being driven up by Tesla, which, by the way, $1,541 a share. Okay, loco. How crazy is that? I I kick myself because... Okay, I was going to tell this story later, but I'll just tell it now. So maybe about, well, whenever it was down a year ago, maybe it, I had uh, three, two shares at $210 and I sold them at $220 for a cool profit of $20 total, $10 a share profit. And I was listening to two separate traders, uh, investors that have a lot of years doing this for a full-time living and sharing their knowledge they're pretty well known but again i'm not going to name any names and they both were bearish against tesla saying get out it's going toward bankruptcy uh elon musk is a carnival barker he's the next um barnum and bailey (laughs) Uh, this, they said, you know, they felt bad for a lot of the retail investors and a lot of the Robin Hooders that they were going to get left holding the bag that they were buying this thing and their evaluation of it was well under a hundred dollars a share. So, you know, I listened to them and I was like, I got to get out of this. And I got my wife on the other hand, she said, why don't you just hold on to them? You want a Tesla someday? And I said, yeah, I know. But if they go bankrupt, and I'm a shareholder, chances are I'm going to get nothing. So yes, while I love the technology and I love the car, I was under the impression that they were going to go bankrupt eventually, or they had a high likelihood of it, and they would just be bought up. The technology would be bought up by someone else, and yeah, they would restructure, new shares would be issued, the old shareholders would be screwed, they would go penniless, and I didn't want to have that happen, but um, yeah, well, what are you going to do? So I had two shares at uh, 210 bucks, and it's 15.41 a share now. So, yippee! So, where was I? Oh, with Neo, yeah. So, um, I had out of the. F- so I have a covered call I sold on a hundred of those shares. So to sell a covered call, you need a hundred shares. Um, it's a multiplier of a hundred. So I sold that for 70 cents a share, or 70 dollars. So those 100 shares are basically spoken for. I'll let you know in a minute what happens. That contract expired today. And as you can tell, uh, it was way out of the money because it was a $7 contract I sold. But when I did sell it, Neil was under $5 a share. So this was before before the big run-up. So what I did because... I bought this stock in September of 18, a day or two after the IPO. I held it all the way up past 10, and then it plummeted all the way down to a buck 19. I was down 83% at one point, and I just kept holding. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna go broke with this. I'm so far down. It's again why I'm a bad trader. If you've listened, you know. So. I didn't sell Neo. I held and it's been going up and up. And at one point I said, if I can just get back 10%, if I can get to a 10% loss, I will be thrilled. I will be 
falling over, falling down, happy to get that 10% loss. So, so long story short, uh, I sold enough shares at 12.10. I sold 29 shares because that allowed me to keep 21 for free. So the profit I got on 29 shares covered uh, the 21 shares that I kept out of that. So I'm keeping 21 shares at a minimum. Those are free. Those are zero risk. No matter what happens, I have no money put into those. It is all free gain from there. And then, of course, it went up to over 15 bucks today. And then I rolled my covered call up and out because it was indeed expiring today. So how that goes is I sold a contract that expired today for $70, and it was a $7 contract. That was the strike price was $7. So that means my upside, even though I sold it below 5 my upside was capped at 7 I was just in my mind, happy enough making any kind of a gain out of NEO. And what I didn't expect is that it was going to go to $15 and more than double the contract. So somebody bought this covered call for, or not for me, I sold a covered call. Somebody bought a call on their end for $70. And at one point this week, it was worth $900. Imagine if you bought three, four, five of those. And, uh, Anyway, so I ended up rolling it up and out. I sold it, and I think it was ended up being around 740 <clears throat> or so. Uh, so when you roll it up and out, you're buying the contract back before it expires, and then you're selling another contract in the future for more money. So I bought back and closed out my $7.10, $7, and then I sold a November 20th $13. So the difference between those two contracts was $186. That's what it cost me out of my pocket right now. But if those shares are called away in November, or if I close the contract sooner, so if uh, Neo's share price plummets, then I can buy that contract back for cheaper and uh, sell another one. So anyway, uh, if the shares get called back, instead of if the shares get called away, or if they get assigned, as we say, uh, on November 20th, Instead of getting $7 a share today, I'll be getting $13 a share in uh, November. So you can see why I did that. It's going to take a little time, but that's what I did. Uh, God bless it. I'm over 12 minutes. All right, we're going to move this along quick. So really quick, I get my, I love going to marketbeat.com to do my research and get numbers. I'm not going to go into it. I will in a future episode, but go to marketbeat.com, look at their dividend tab. You can see the payout ratio. I love looking at the payout ratio of free cash flow. That's the number. That's what I love to look at. That's a number that gives me the warm and fuzzy. As long as that's under 60% of free cash flow, I have no idea. No, no, idea. <laughs> I have no doubt that the dividend is safe. So I'm not going to get into any of these. I'm going to keep this under 20 minutes. I promise because I got s'more packing. I got to get s'more. I don't eat s'mores. Do you guys eat s'mores? Mm. Anyway, speaking of the gidunk, which is another Navy term, gidunk is junk food. And one of the best purveyors and distributors and manufacturers of junk food, Pepsi. I bought Pepsi at $132.55 and then another tranche at $132.99. I bought Duke Energy 
I bought two tranches of that at $80.22 and $81.13. I love Duke Energy as I gave my boy a shout out in the last podcast. Go to YouTube and check out Ian Lopik. He has a beautiful channel called PPC Ian. I highly recommend PPC Ian. He covered Duke and this was in relation to the Dominion debacle that uh, happened earlier in the week with Dominion cutting their dividend and selling off pieces at bargain basement prices, the Berkshire Hathaway. So check that out. He does a great job covering Duke and Dominion. I bought some Starbucks at $73.49. I bought more Eaton, ticker symbol ETN, at $85.90. I love Eaton. They are headquartered in Dublin, Ireland. What is up to one of my listeners and I listen to their podcast so it's definitely symbiotic and cyclical and it's good all around uh, engineer my freedom you can find him engineer my freedom it is engineer my freedom EMF I just know that oh you're unbelievable engineer my freedom anybody from the 90s gets that EMF reference uh, I'm trying to speed here so Eaton Corporation they make uh, electronics, hydraulics, all kinds of good fun stuff, uh, $85.90. And then I bought some realty income, ticker symbol O, at $56.90. Uh, I don't share what my levels are yet in my taxable. Uh, someday I will, maybe. But I like to include that in because it is dividend-centric and it is dividend uh, talk. Uh, in the self-directed IRA, uh, which I moved $30,000 from a traditional American Funds IRA over to Schwab. Um, in that one, I bought two shares of Starbucks at $74.23. I bought three shares. This is recapping the whole week, by the way. So this isn't all today. This is Monday through uh, close today. I bought ExxonMobil, three shares at $43.90. Exxon was flirting with that $40 level, I had made a prediction. I don't think we were going to see the 30s. I had bought a tranche. I did an episode. Uh, I did a show where I bought at $39.99 just as a principal to get one last little lick of the 30s. So it got close. It got close, but then it bounced up a bit. So I bought ExxonMobil, ticker symbol XOM, uh, 3 at $43.90. I bought Johnson & Johnson and bumped me up to 10 shares. From seven, I bought three at $143.29. And then I bought more General Dynamics. I'm loving General Dynamics. I did uh, mention them on Twitter and a bunch on my last podcast. Uh, threw some numbers out there. But did you know that uh, Gulfstream is a subsidiary of General Dynamics? So General Dynamics, they have a lot of revenue coming in from government contracts and government projects which could be in jeopardy if Mr. Trump is not reelected. That's the way that the the consensus goes is that when Democrats get in that they cut defense spending. So um, you know they figure it's bearish if a Democrat if a Democrat gets in for a lot of these defense contractors. But General Dynamics is globally diversified. So they can definitely weather um a Democrat president uh, in Congress for some time. Uh, and then I bought three shares of 3M. That confused me. Three 3Ms 
at $152.46. I love 3M, one of my favorite stocks. I don't think with any seasoned dividend investor that needs much uh, explanation there. Um, and then I also, quick on the another little bit of a, something dividend investors we like to do is sell covered calls. So I sold an Altria covered call that expires next Friday and it's a $45 strike. Now I had sold that for $40 and it's probably not gonna reach that. So today the contract was worth $2. I could have bought it and closed it out and just made $38 off of it, but I'm greedy and I kinda want that other $2. I don't know why. <laughs> I should just close it out, sell another one, keep it going. But I might close it out next week. We will see what happens with that. So that's something to look into if you're new to this. Google covered call writing. Um, it's something to help you generate a little extra income. So you can get paid three ways on a dividend stock. Well, not get paid, but um, you can have capital appreciation where the share price goes up in value. You get your dividends every quarter or uh, every month if you're in something like realty income. And then you also, if you have 100 shares of a stock, you can sell a covered call. <clears throat> and when you sell a covered call, whatever your strike premium is, whatever that premium is, you get that money right away. So when I sold that uh, covered call that expires next Friday for $40, I got that $40 in my account immediately, right away. Do what you want with it. That will never go away. That is yours to keep. So that is like an extra little dividend on top of my dividends. So uh, it's just a way to generate some more income. And uh, yeah, and if, if you're also new to this, uh, I would suggest starting with the Dividend Aristocrats. Those are the companies, Google Dividend Aristocrats, those are the companies that have raised their dividends perpetually for 25 years. And hopefully they're not gonna slow down anytime soon. And uh, It's just safe, they're very safe. It's something you can be very confident in. We see that if they've raised their dividend for 25 years, they've gone through a bunch of economic turmoil and chaos and presidents and just any other kind of calamity you can think of. And not only did they survive and weather that storm, but they increased their dividend on top of it. So dividend aristocrats are a good place to start if you want to get into individual stocks and not uh, put your money into ETFs. Okay, so I'm going to take a quick break, but follow me first at RustyRam78 on Twitter. I have a YouTube channel called Stashing Worthy Acorns. It's a little experiment I'm doing where I take $50 and I opened up a Stash Worthy Bonds and Acorns apps. So I opened up those three apps. I put $50 into each of them as a base, and then I'm adding $5 a week or $20 a month and I'm doing that for two years and just doing a review kind of my own little <clears throat> beginner uh, beginner investing uh, experiment to see which one what I like don't like and we'll see what happens so I'm doing that every week that is stashing where the acorns on YouTube and also my wife and I have a dividend uh, dapper dividends website dapperdividends.com something we put together we've been working on and it's still in its infancy we debated on uh, getting it out there but um, we're getting content on it and check that out as well so dapperdividends.com 
I have my portfolio tracker spreadsheet, which my self-directed IRA, I'm tracking everything on there. And you can actually copy that and use that for yourself. I have a YouTube video uh, that I link to on my website um, that you can watch that I kind of did a quick little demonstration of. And we're over 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be back with the song of the show. All right, so here it is. We are back. We're back. We're back. I'm going to wrap this thing up. And one quick thing, does anybody know where to get a green screen? So for my Stashing Worthy Acorns channel, I'm thinking I want a green screen. Not entirely happy with my background that I have. And I'm thinking it would be cool that every other episode or maybe every two or three episodes, I can change the background and just get something funky, something different, something a little more visually appealing than the guitar and the the pictures sitting behind me uh, on the wall here. So thinking of doing that, thinking of experimenting with, experimenting with the green screen. And I will not have to worry about it this weekend because, as I said, I am leaving in a few hours for Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, going with the family. I'm going with my wife, my kids, my brother-in-law, his wife, and his kids. And Myrtle Beach is open from what we hear. They're having visitors. We're going to go to swim in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, None of us has ever been to Myrtle Beach before or South Carolina, so we're going to check that out. I am a military historian fan, uh, military history fan. Did that sound confusing? I'm definitely not a military historian. I am a military history fan, uh, especially World War I and World War II. And they have a battleship, a World War II area, era battleship, the USS North Carolina. It is in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is about an hour and a half north up the coast of the Atlantic from uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So we're going to go check that out. We're going to have some fun and sun, hopefully have some good weather. I'm going to do uh, next Tuesday. It'll be the We're coming back Wednesday. So I will get a podcast out to you. Now, this is going to be interesting. I am not going to be bringing my um, my nice, expensive microphone that I'm talking into right now. So I'm going to try and do the episode from my phone. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I will get something out, let you know, quick update, anything I bought and what's going on. So check that out. And now the song of the show. So one of uh, my Twitter friends here is the European Dividend Growth Investor, and he is in the Netherlands. Now, it got me thinking there's a band that I love. I'm a big fan of the psychobilly genre. Very not well-known genre. It's a subgenre of a subgenre type thing. There's a band called the Necromantics, and they have a song called Haunted Cat House. I'm not sure how to explain it to somebody that is not familiar with Psycho Billy, but it's a slow song. It's a ballad. The end gives you that taste of the psycho part of the Psycho Billy. So if you're not sure what Psycho Billy music sounds like and and you want to hear how some uh, Danes do it, uh, I've met the singer a few times, Kim Necroman. As I said, they are from Copenhagen, Denmark. They have a song called gargoyles over copenhagen 
fun band. It's just fun. I love the whole, they have a very 50s horror B-movie, horror B-movie vibe, which I love, kind of like the Misfits did, uh, another punk band from the early 80s. Um, Yeah, so check it out. We're going on 25 minutes. My mouth is dry. I've not taken a break. I've talked myself raw here. So I am going to go pack, go to sleep, because i got to be up and be at O'Hare Airport early, early, early tomorrow morning. Our flight leaves at 7 a.m. And I will try to do this when I'm traveling and talking to somebody new. Two things I want you to do. Remember that everyone you meet has something to teach you. Yes, but... In your mind, when you're talking to a stranger, say I love you to that person in your head. And I guarantee you, you will want to smile talking to a complete stranger and you tell yourself in your head, I love you. (laughs) I can't do it right now without smiling. It just, it puts a a bright countenance on your face and it's definitely noticed and it just gives you an expression of warmth and you emit caringness and warmth and I got to go. So remember, everyone you meet has something to teach you. I will talk to you guys on Tuesday. Have a good weekend.